Although the cancer ravaged his mouth and throat, it did not lay hold of his mind and his heart, nor did it blur his vision. One afternoon I was sitting beside him and feeding him ice chips when I noticed his eyes were moving around a lot. He smiled several times, so finally I looked around the family room and asked, Dad, what do you see? He could only whisper, so I leaned in. He said, You don't see them? I looked around the room again. From my perspective, the room was empty. I said, No, Dad, I don't see them. What do you see? He pulled me close and said, John, there are children everywhere. We both started to cry. Tell me, Dad, what do they look like? I asked. In spite of the pain, he smiled from ear to ear and said, Son, they're so beautiful and so full of life. A few hours later, and just a few hours away from his death, he looked past all of us seated at the table and fixed his eyes on my mom, who was washing dishes at the kitchen sink. He said to her, Carol, do you feel that? She turned off the water and dried her hands with a dish towel. Feel what? she asked. The two hands in the middle of your back, he said. My siblings and I stopped what we were doing as he smiled at my mom and said, He's holding you. He knows you're weak. He knows you're tired. And he just wants you to know that he's strong enough for both of you. Jesus said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Matthew 5, 8. It takes a holy heart to see a holy God. I want both. I want a holy heart. And I want to see God. I heard an ophthalmologist say that there are more nearsighted people in New York City than any other city in our country. Because of all the tall buildings, residents are hemmed in and their fields of vision are limited to short distances. They rarely have to use their sight for long distances, so their eyes adjust and grow accustomed to looking at what is right in front of them. Too often, spiritual nearsightedness limits what I see and how far I see, and more importantly, who I see. One morning when I was teaching in Haiti, I asked my students to close their eyes and put their heads down on their desks. With a finite means of language, I attempted to paint a picture of the infinite beauty of heaven. Afterward, I had my students raise their heads from their desks, and one little girl who shared a bed with five siblings each night asked, Mr. John, will I have my own bed in heaven? My response? Absolutely. Another little girl who came to school undernourished asked, Will we get to eat whatever we want in heaven? My response? Absolutely. And one little boy in the back whose dad had drowned and whose mom had died in a fire said, I want to see him. I want to see Jesus. Me too. I want to see Jesus. Paul said, Live by faith, not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5 7. Few verses in the Bible are more challenging for me than that one. And even fewer things will limit our fields of vision and create spiritual nearsightedness more than sin. Typically, what blocks my view of God is my sin. I squint. I close my eyes, and instead of seeing God, I see what I've done to disobey Him. What I see in front of me is my sin staring back at me. I have days when I think my sin disqualifies me from seeing God. 
There is a thin membrane that separates heaven from earth. We are called to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus in heaven, with our feet planted in the soil of earth. When I turn on the television and all I see are school shootings and terrorist attacks and amber alerts, when I'm surrounded by sin, mine and others, I sometimes have to stand on my tiptoes to see heaven. It's hard to see above it all. Whales spend the majority of their time under the surface of the water, but they rely on the air above the surface of the water to survive. We are similar creatures in that we live in one reality, but need another reality to sustain us. When the Bible says, walk by faith, not by sight, something in me.